Hello, testing. Oh my gosh! First of all, nice haircut. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, you got you got more taken off the sides, a little bit longer on the top. It yeah. looks fabulous. Thanks. And you could shave your head, and you'd still look fabulous. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about your that. Your head is a testament to cranial architecture. I think I'd start looking like a monk. Hey, uh, happy 2023, Les. Hey, you too, Dave. So, uh, you had a good 2023 so far? <laughs> all all <laughs> so half far, week of it? <laughs> a few days. I mean, it's a little rainy today, but, you know, can't complain. All right, so here's the question. Okay. 2023 is coming in. You want to pump yourself up. Mm-hmm. All right, so which of these, I made a short list. I asked some folks on the staff, and I mm-hmm. tried to ask the, some of the younger folks, too. Okay. Because, you know, I don't want this just to be some sort of Gen X playlist. Right. Just a ton of 90s rap. Uh, well, I would. <laughs> so here's the question. Out of these songs, which of them do you think would sufficiently inspire you if you were walking into 2023? Like, to pump just, up This is my anthem. pump up yeah. walk-in music. A little stadium rock, if you will. Okay. You know, just to pump you up. Do All any right. of these do it for you? Okay. Uh, I'm going to start. I don't know how to start here. Let, let's just go ahead and start with something classic. Are you ready to rock 2023? Well, you got Axel. Yeah. It's the build. This is... I mean, that's pretty... It's pretty pumpy. That's... I don't know. And then, of course, it goes... Dun, 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 dun. How do you feel? Do you feel sufficiently pumped up? I feel pretty pumped. My heart's racing right now. Well, that's pretty exciting. Uh, so that's, that's <laughs> contender one. Okay. Uh, it's hard to beat. Uh, well, what about... Classic. Because maybe. Does the high pitched whistle do it for you? Because it would for is me. A, is that a whistle? Is that I don't. Someone whistling? Somebody screaming? I just think of Pringles when I think of this song. Wait. Pack it up, pack it in. Why, why That's you... like a, from a Pringles commercial, oh. like in the, in the 2000s. <laughs> You shouldn't think about that. I know. You shouldn't think about They're that. They're so delicious, though. Um, okay, let's go. Let's go old, old, old school. Ready? Ooh, okay. Kind of, kind of classic. Mm. Kind of Motown. Mm. More fun pop gu- bubble gum. Yeah. But I feel like I got to groove in with this one. You know? Sure. Certain kind of vibe. Well, that might be the vibe you want. Maybe. Walk into a new year, right? Michael. Yeah. So that's another one. Okay. That yeah, might yeah. That, maybe that doesn't pump you up. This one is a little older, but look. Oh yeah. If you had one shot, one opportunity. Because that's all you get is one shot, and one, one shot. opportunity. Seize everything you ever wanted to seize, pretty much everything. Would you capture it, Les? I don't know. See, that's a question that's on the 20. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. spaghetti. Right, that's. <laughs> do you Mr. Want, Italian himself. Do you, do, you, <laughs> do you want a song to pump you up which references both vomit and spaghetti? <laughs> and my mother's spaghetti. I, maybe. I, you know, maybe. again, a different kind of vibe. That's. Uh. Yeah, that could that could be fun. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, maybe this. This is old school. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this is, this is a classic. Mm-hmm. 
and then I can't the... like fist pump yeah, like, every single time to. with these beats, right? It's just, it's really intense. That's, I want to beat somebody up. I'm not maybe a fighter, the new year. Maybe I will be. I want to beat up the new year. 2023. That's right. So any any of those strike your fancy? Any uh, oh, any of those? Man. Yeah, those are those are all good good pump up jams. I mean, welcome to the jungle. It's <laughs> we started and ended pretty strong. <laughs> that that's a uh, that yeah exactly. Both of those first. You in the awesome. jungle, baby. <laughs> And that is the first time I've done an Axl Rose impersonation on the afterward in the year 2023. (laughs) You know what? I'm glad you're here, Les. But we are going to jump into 2023. Mm. And where are you on the continuum? Uh, Are you more depleted or more excited? Are you kind of a mixture? Are you 60-40? Where where are you? Because a lot of people come in to the new year feeling depleted. Mm. Some feel pretty pumped up and they're ready to go. They're ready to get after it. Lots of exciting things on the horizon. Yeah. Where are you right now? Just kind of in your in your in your soul. Yeah. I mean, I I think I'm pretty excited going to 2023. Woo-hoo! Yeah. 2022. I mean, there were some rough patches. You yeah. Know? Uh, and I think that I'm ready for 2023 to be a an epic year well regardless of whether you're a little bit more depleted or a little bit more pumped up we're here to give you a motivational speech mm-hmm. and and that's what jay and i are here we're going to be talking about uh, resilience and new resilience which is our new sermon series we're going to talk about what it means to really kind of be resilient in the new year really kind of uh, take 2023 and just be with god and and, and make it through whatever it throws at us mm-hmm. and so uh, jay's here in the studio and uh happy 2023 and uh we're off to the new year Just give me a second, man. It's the new year. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> if there was a great song to pump up 2023, what what would that song be? Like, if we're going to enter into the new year, like full of vim and vigor and passion, what song would you choose? Probably the Chicago Bulls 90 um, intro song. Yeah, that's a good one. For most anything, really. Yeah. Um. Well, here we are. Okay. 2023. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year to you, Jay. What's been the best part of 2023 so far? We're four days into it. Five days <sighs> into it. Four days. Um, gosh, I don't know. It's been a good year so far. For me, it's been the giant cyclone of rain. That's been really exciting. Holy smokes. This is insane. It's a lot of rain. Californians, we're not. Yeah, I don't. I don't. As a native Californian, I don't know how to. Deal. Well, we just got back from the Midwest. Yeah. And my son said, you know what they call this in the Midwest? They call it a cyclone bomb in California, but you know what they call this in the Midwest, Dad? Thursday. <laughs> That's funnier. Something like that. He said rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was funny. True. Okay. We're in a brand new sermon series, and we're yes. starting off the year. And look, the new year is an opportunity. You see all the ads. New year, new you, right? That's yeah. that's. And that's a little schmaltzy, but it's also true. The new year affords us time to slow down and think about what what we've done in the last year. What's working, what's not, what do we yeah. need to keep, what do we need to change, what do we need to keep doing, what do we need to eliminate. Right. So, in a sense, there's a ch- it's a spiritual examination. Search me, O oh Lord. Yes. Our sermon series is called A New Resilience. So, yes. before we go any further, let's talk about the word resilience, what it means. Give us a definition as you see it and why resilience you think is necessary in this season or what, what kind of stirred in you to, to start off the new year with the word resilience as opposed to any other word. Yeah. Well, to not, you know, 
it's going to be a little it's going to feel a little bit like the classic preacher cliche thing to use a bunch of r words here but in the new year a lot of people make resolutions that's fair you know yeah um but making resolutions doesn't get anybody where they want to go i read a stat actually i shared it at our new year's together um service on on new year's day uh 40 they think 46 percent of americans make new year's resolutions and only eight percent of them actually accomplish those New so Year's. so basically resolutions. it's like wishful thinking I, I wish mean, I wish this would happen in the new no, year. No, I mean I think the intentions for most people I'm going to do this. But I think what's lacking is you can make the resolution, but if you don't have you can make an annual resolution, but without daily resolve, you'll never get there. Really what's what's demanded of us to accomplish anything in our lives is the resolve to every single day get up and chip away and and keep yeah. grinding and whatever. And, uh, you know, again, three R words here, but that that demands, it requires a lot of resilience. And and so we thought, especially now, because of the because of what we've sort of been through in the last few years, especially, but even before that, especially here in Silicon Valley, we're just so exhausted. You know, people are so tired. And I I felt it actually in the Christmas season, even at church. You know, Jenny and I were talking. She was like, man, yeah, there's a lot of joy because it's Christmas season and people are excited about Christmas Eve services. And Christmas Eve was amazing at Westgate. So grateful for it. But there was a very unique sense of weariness yeah. <laughs> that I felt from people. So um, The weary world rejoices. Yeah. So we thought, let's talk about resilience hmm. so that we, we might be equipped together to how would you describe the word resilience because there's uh angela duckworth wrote a famous book called grit yeah which is about this idea of resilience that yeah. there are some people who crack life's too hard they say no thanks they kind of tap out and other people who push through and there's no real rhyme or reason why some do some don't they can't quite find that so how would you use the word resilient like what are you looking for what's is there a difference between regular resilience and biblical resilience as you see it is there a word that's oh, a bib gosh. in the biblical language that's a better that's a, a word that's often mapped onto resilience as you think about it um yeah i mean persevere persevere right yeah. the invitation and in the Paul New says Testament that quite a bit yeah. persevere that's resilience like language. stick through it yeah stay yeah keep stay. going yeah don't give up remain hope that is seen as no hope at all you know it's what he says and so so uh, there's a tie to hope with resilience yeah not even just biblically i think for all people for any human sure. Sure. the only way you can develop resilience is if you have hope that the hardship will uh pay off right i mean why else would you right so nobody goes to the gym four times a week yeah. and sweats and works out and puts their body through pain thinking that they're going to get less healthy doing that, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, um, hope is a key, I think. And then for Christians, obviously, we have the ultimate hope in Jesus, which means we have ultimate reason to live resilient lives. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna go down a rabbit trail, and okay. if you could oblige me for a second. 
uh, I was thinking about literature and yeah. I was thinking about situations where humans are put or characters are put in pretty tough situations. What allows them not to break a crack? And I think that that's an interesting literary trope. Yeah. You know, like I think about one of the first books I ever read. My parents got me this like book, uh, this giant collection of illustrated classics. Yeah. There was like a kind of a dumbed down version of a classic story and then pictures every other page. I was like five or six. And so I'm reading through these and learning, and one of them was Robinson Crusoe, yeah, which is this story by De- De- uh, Willem or Willem Dafoe. Uh, William Defoe. That's not right. From Spider Man. Daniel Defoe. <laughs> Daniel Defoe, who wrote this. The book. Goblin from Spider Man. <laughs> That's wrote Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> Sorry, the last name's Defoe. Also and from I, Platoon. He I, wrote yeah. it while he was filming Platoon. <laughs> That's right. He's like you a know, famous actor. Yeah. Anyways. No, uh, Daniel Defoe, I think. Uh, and so it's about this guy, and the whole story is around this kind of artificial construction of being alone. Yeah. And, and so, what do you do? How do you keep going in the middle of that? And then I started realizing. That trope is actually kind of common. Like I think about Castaway with Tom Tom yeah. Hanks. He's alone on this island. What keeps him going? And then I started thinking about The Martian, which yeah. is also the similar trope. Matt Damon is isolated. He's actually literally on Mars. Yeah. And like what keeps him going? And then I thought about another movie that was also kind of came out, uh, I Am Legend, yeah. about Will Smith. And he's like alone in New York City after the world's been decimated by disease. Well, him and his dog. Well, him and his dog. Right, right. For a while. Right. Well, and then we don't want to get into that. Tragedy strikes. Yeah, right. But the idea is like, what keeps you going? And actually, this is really interesting psychology. And humans have been interested in this question. What keeps a person going? And it's tied, it seems to me, it's tied to two forms of hope uniquely. One is the hope to get back home to those you love. Yeah. Um, so there's the, the the idea, and you talk about this in, in, in Corinthians, Paul says that this we have a precious treasure in jars of clay. The right. idea that life is precious somehow, yeah. that it's valuable, that you should not throw it away or take it lightly. But then there's another part, and this goes into kind of the idea of Viktor Frankl, the Holocaust survivor, yeah. um, and the Austrian social scientist who watched in one of the most extreme situations in human history. Right. Humans put in these concentration camps, some lived, some didn't. Some literally literally just gave up. Yeah. And the whole point of the, the Nazi concentration camps was to break humans, break yeah. their soul. They would have people like take a pile of bricks and move it from one side of the football field to the other. And once it was done, they'd have them repeat it. Right. Meaningless, meaningless toil. Yeah. So the second thing he said is that meaning infuses hope right. and it allows a human to go. I think when we get depleted, the ultimate depletion is when we feel super isolated, like there's there's no home to go to. Yeah. And that there's no meaning. That it's all I don't matter, it doesn't matter, nothing matters. Biblically, so does that seem first of all, does that seem right to you? Yes. That those two things <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have anything else to add. Yes, sure. Okay. I and then secondly, true. um, how do you or how do how do you in, encourage people to um kind of retain that hope with that because Frankel says with with meaning you can almost do anything there's almost no limit to how much pain and suffering you can endure if there's meaning involved in it um, right but the lack of meaning will literally cause a human being to like give up literally like give up yeah like stop trying to live right, right. and so and I think that there seems to be a real energy around if, if you can find meaning in something and then, and I don't know about home or relationships, or I don't know how to phrase it, but there's something that drives us when it's, um, I, I need to get back to my people, or maybe it's, I don't, I don't know how to exactly articulate it, 
that those that love me and depend on me, I, I need to get back. I need, I need to survive for them. Right. And then the meaning, I mean, if you think about like, I am legend, what keeps Will Smith's character going? He's trying to solve the riddle of science of to yeah. get a vaccine yeah. for this deadly disease so yeah. that others can live. Um, so like part of that is I, I, I find that really interesting because I, I, it feels like the Christian meta narrative infuses every moment with, with meaning, including what you and I might see as um, trite ordinariness. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. The longing for home, obviously, this world is not our home. N- not that God's going to burn the earth up someday, but this world as it is, as it's in its disordered state, this is not home. And we long with expectation f- for that day when God will make it our home, when he'll make all wrong things right. So there's that. And then, yeah, meaning, you know, the Frankel, the famous Frankel quote that we uh said on Sunday, you know, suffering ceases to be suffering the moment it finds meaning, like the meaning of sacrifice is what he says. And, you know... <laughs> meaning using your life to help or serve somebody else. Well, using your suffering specifically oh. to as a means of sacrifice for the good of another, which that Frankel was not a Christian. He was a Jew. But, I mean, that that quote is really that is what jesus does for us so and then calls us to do you know the bonhoeffer quote when when christ calls a man he bids him come and die when jesus himself take up your cross and follow me you know so yeah i think both of those things are are deeply infused into christian hope which is why we can live resilient lives if if we can just anchor our lives on what is abundantly true about our faith in in that there is a longing for home and home is coming someday and there is absolute meaning in our suffering in our pain um because Christ calls us to carry our cross and follow him you know so um for his for, you know God's glory and the good of others so yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think both of those things are very naturally embedded in Christian faith, which should give us a lot of confidence as, fo- as followers of Jesus. You have everything you need to be resilient in the face of yeah. struggle and yeah. exhaustion and depletion and hardship and suffering and pain. So one of the things that's—and and maybe this is a, a little strange to say, but you you've always struck me as someone who— doesn't give in easily to hopelessness. Same with Steve. Steve Steve really fought against hopelessness. Like he said, one time Ray Johnston, who was a lead pastor of a Bayside Church in Sacramento, said one of your primary roles as a leader is to keep your hope index really high. Yeah. Um, is that something you cultivate? Um, or is that something that is natural to you? Is uh, how, how, do, how, do you, how do you cultivate hope? hope because i think there are some people who are like um pessimists or no something, well or? i would say i'm I'm pretty emotional so yeah. when things turn bad i get scared oh, like yeah when, yeah I do you know what i mean saying. i'm like yeah. i get unsteady because i'm like right. oh man i see that giant wave right and steve will be like whatever it's a stupid wave we've been through bigger ones this tanker can take it <laughs> you know what i mean yeah it's like it's like huh. he's not afraid and that unafraidness actually squ- uh, quiets me yeah, but I'm I'm more of an emotional person, or somebody who's a cynic. They like kind of believe. Right, I've seen this before. 
I've seen wave. The, the, you know what waves do? They crack ships in half yeah. and everyone dies. So that's yeah. where we're headed. Hooray. Hooray. We're headed for death. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're not, you're, obviously you're not either, but do you, do you have a practice of, of, of cultivating that kind of um, opti- uh, optimism is uh, not the right word. Ho- yeah. Hope's the right word. I yeah. Think. Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I'm not like Steve. I'm not in the exact same way like Steve. I know what you're talking about. Steve is very like, uh, it's not that big of a deal. God's bigger, you know, which is very inspiring and, and hope inducing for sure. I think I'm probably a little different. I don't know. I, I find a lot of maybe what I don't, I don't know exactly, but maybe what you're talking about is I'm very comfortable. I don't think this has always been true, but in recent years I've become very comfortable in my own smallness and the finite nature of my life and ministry. Um, so I I find a lot of confidence in the very long extended overarching history of God and his story and the history of the Christian church, 2000 plus years of, you know, God's faithfulness. When Jesus said, not even the gates of hell, not even the gates of Hades will overcome. I really believe that. So, Maybe on a on a church level, that's probably where that comes from. I, I, I just, yeah, I try to, I mean, I don't do this perfectly, but I try my best to live in as much hopeful temperance as possible, knowing that, sure, like that thing that's going to go down next week is a big deal, but God's been faithful to the church for thousands of years, you know? (laughs) So is it like, how big of a deal is it really? You know? So I find a lot of, I, I, yeah, I find a lot of groundedness and steadiness in in that. And I do think that way quite a bit. I I have to remind myself of it, but I do come back to that a lot. Like God's a big God and he's writing a very big story. We're a very small part of that story, not an unimportant part of the story, but a small part of the story. And however this thing goes, Big picture, it'll be fine. <laughs> God, God will take care yeah. of it. Yeah. So I yeah. guess a couple thousand years of uh, dramatic faithfulness, despite giant storms, yeah, is a pretty good indication uh, right. of a future, right. future success. Yeah. So it's almost like a grounding in uh, uh, the history of the story and the big story. Is that yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, and not where just the, scripture, where the but stories like, headed. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Steve led Westgate Church for twenty years which is incredible. It's a long time, but also it's 20 years, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's, a, it's huge, right? To us, it feels huge, but God's been at this since the beginning of time. So, you know, I just find a lot of hope in that. And, uh, and you also said something about the smallness. What did you mean by that? Just kind of the, just the, there's only so much that you as a human being can do your finiteness or yeah. what, what did you mean by that? Like, or that your ordinariness matters to God and that you can actually somehow attenuate real dramatic things in this world just by being faithful in whatever corner that God's given you. Yeah. Cause you're not more than you are or less than you are. You just are. Right. And whatever that is, that is. And so yeah. be as faithful as you can with that. Is that kind of the ordinary? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, if you go to Europe and you travel around and visit the great cathedrals, they're all designed intentionally to make you feel small when you walk in because the physical space is intended to tell you a story and specifically the humble st- you in yeah, essence. Yeah. specifically the story that the space is telling you 
is that you are not the center of the story. That's essentially <laughs> yeah. what these great cathedrals that that's the great truth they're trying to speak to you. Yeah. Um we've lost that here. Uh, you know, we don't have those great cathedrals anymore, at least here on the West Coast, especially. Well, not cathedrals to God, though. I will say there's some beautiful cathedrals to pro sports. Yeah, or <laughs> or like the yeah. shopping mall, right. you know? Right. Unbelievable. Yeah, we just worship at different altars. <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah, thinking along those lines has been helpful for me. So that's what I mean. I'm small. I'm not unimportant, and what I do matters tremendously. But you're finite. I'm finite, yeah. and I'm really in the big yeah. sort of picture. I'm small, and if I mess up a little bit, I don't want to. But if I do, and when I do, God's huge, and uh, it'll be okay. So, yeah, that's good. Um, what would you say to folks right now who are feeling like really discouraged? Um, because one of the things we talked about, we hinted at it, is that um, isolation can really do a number on our resilience. Like we kind of need people. Yeah. We just hinted at it. We talked a little bit about life groups and about the importance of that. Um, like what would you say about the importance or role in um, other folks, um, fellow believers, the family of God, whatever you might want to say? Yeah. And keeping up resilience and keeping, because it really, I, I remember one time there was a guy named Luke who was in our young adults group and I was leading the young adults at, at our church and he was a Marine and he came back from uh, an armed conflict. I think it was Afghanistan and it, it was really hard on him. Yeah. And I said, what got you through? He said it was, it was, it was the worst experience of his life. Mm. And he said, at the end of the day, you run at, you run to the end of yourself really quickly you come to the end yeah. of yourself really quickly. Yeah. And the only thing that keeps you going is that person next to you. That right. you might actually begin to help them in some some way. Get them home, get them through. That's all that's all you got cuz you're at the end of yourself. Well, um, that's Viktor Frankl. Yes. His suffering in war was given it was infused with meaning and the meaning of sacrifice. He was going to he was going to go above and beyond to get his friend home. It's like what all the great war movies are about, yeah. Saving Private Ryan. It's Just, like it's yeah. a journey of a bunch of men who are trying to save someone they don't know, and initially they don't care. They don't really want to save him, but they've been asked to. And then by the end of it, you realize, you know, like they've experienced such meaning. It's 1917. These two friends go off yeah. into, you know, the kill zone essentially to rescue an entire battalion and risk their lives to do it. You know, it's like all, so, and it's all communal. So I think that's the question you're asking. It's pretty difficult to infuse your life with meaning unless that meaning is attached to meaningful relationship. So very practically, when we talk about life groups, yes, it is so that um, you can have some friends. You know, spiritual friendships matter a great deal. Um, but spiritual friendships matter a great deal because within the context of deep, meaningful spiritual friendships, we find meaning. We find meaning in laying ourselves down for one another, in bearing one another's burdens together. Our own suffering, find, we talked about this on Sunday, our own suffering finds meaning as we offer that suffering as a gift to each other. And then we realize, oh, I'm not alone in my suffering, or this person's suffering is teaching me something. And then the person suffering is like, oh my gosh, my suffering, my pain, my heartbreak is be it's becoming a gift to another it's used, person. It's being you know? used, yeah. Yeah. So 
uh, and I am not equating showing up to a life group on Thursday at 7 p.m. as nearly the same as going to war. You know, they're very different things. But the but the dynamics at play are similar. It's it's relationship. We're finding deep meaning yeah. in giving to one another in relationship. So that that's what I would say. It feels a little bit like that's another thing to do, and I want to be sensitive to people's yeah. stages of life. It's really hard, you know, at certain stages of life. But whatever it takes to find some, to at least begin the pursuit of some meaningful relationship within the context of your church family, I think matters a great deal. I think when I'm at my worst, I'm at my most isolated. Yeah. So, and that just, and that could be just a... Um, me reading my own mail, but in general, as I kind of look at some of the the great thinkers and philosophers of Christianity, they've said similar things. Yeah, you know about yep. about these things. Um, final question, uh, final final thought or final question, I guess. Um, what role? It, there's this thing that happens. I think we lose hope, and we've talked we talked about this last year quite a bit. Just that we kind of swim in a material culture. Yeah. That, you know, it's that the material is all that we hear, see, or taste. And I think when we get a hint that maybe there's a God and that maybe he's really at work and maybe he's really doing something. Yeah. All of a sudden, something lights up in us that maybe if that's true for that person, it can be true for me. Or if that's true at this place, that, that it can it can invade my, my life, right? So yeah. there's a sense in which... The activity of God, the redemptive activity of God, really is hope-inducing because it reminds us He's at work and we're not alone, and that we have a a, a part to play. Yeah. Um. So there's us. So we 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 we're gonna have a, a a vision and prayer night coming up. Yep. Um. And that's open to and it's it's we're inviting all the people who are family members, people yeah. who are members of Westgate. But it's but open to the whole church. It is anybody. open to anybody, yeah. Yeah. and I think that that would be a good in um. Uh, adrenaline infusing, hope infusing time because we're going to be talking a little bit about like what God did. Yep. But then also reminding ourselves that God wants to do even more. Yep. Right. And and so um, that that's coming up on when's that coming up? January twenty seventh. Yes. Wait. Yes, that's correct. January Friday, January twenty seventh. Yeah. And so. Yep. Um, it's going to be great. And we also have something else, uh, the Reset Conference, Yeah, which is coming up pretty soon. The very next day. The very next day. Next morning, yeah. You want to talk a little bit, because um, a, a guy you know that you're, I think you're, you're friends with Glenn, right? Mm-hmm. Glenn yeah. Packiam. Good buddy. He's an author, a pastor, yeah. has been a pastor for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote a book called The Resilient Pastor, which yes. again, ties into this. Yeah. Uh, talk us a little bit about what Glenn's going to be talking about and why that is important. Yeah, he's going to talk about rest. Sabbath, as we start the new year, creating rhythms and space, room in our lives to um, be with God. I think most people think about Sabbath as uh, um, not doing stuff, but it's actually incredibly proactive and invitational, biblically, and restful in the most, um, in the truest way. So he'll talk about that, and I think it's going to be really good. So, kind of changing our, our paradigms of what Sabbath might mean. Yeah. A so, more active posture. Right. Huh. So Vision and Prayer Night, uh, January 27th, Friday night, and then the Reset Conference with Glenn Packiam on Saturday. It's like 9 January to noon, 28th. so it's like a half-day conference, yep. just to uh, reset and refresh. Right. All right. Should be good. Man, going into the new year. Well, I love that we're going into the new year saying, look, you're probably depleted. Here's some stuff. Yeah. You know, because I think... You know, you, you, you said, I don't want to equate 1917 to go into a life group, but the Bible is rife with 
images of the the war that we're in. Yeah. And I think discouragement and hopelessness are they they they're formed by lies that our enemy feeds us daily, daily, daily. Right. And so I think that this is a form of, I think getting up out of bed is a form of warfare. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's saying, yeah. I refuse to give in to disappointment and disillusion that God's not alive, that he's not working, that I'm not important. I refuse to give in to those lies and I'm going to get up and I'm going to serve some, some people in my family. I'm going to serve my community. I'm just, I'm going to do something. Yeah. So I think that there yeah. is, there is a bit of a war there. And I think that that's a, a beautiful victory. Yeah. And as we go into 2023, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for what I can't. I I wonder what's going to happen. Do I don't you, know. I don't. I don't. I try not to wonder. Really? It's just because we don't know. Who knows? We Who knows? I bet it's going to be exciting. But God is good. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. So, yep. Or it's going to be terrible, and then it'll be awesome. <laughs> um, who knows? All right, man. Well, thanks for joining us on the yeah. first afterward of 2023. Yes. And happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, and uh, we'll keep going. We'll see you soon. Just want to say thanks to Jay Kim for stopping by. Join us next week when we're going to be in week two of our new Resilience series. Steve Clifford will be stopping by, and we're going to be talking about, well, we're going to be talking about ego and how that leads to conflict and how that leads to division and uh, how if we're really going to be people who are peacemakers, which Jesus calls blessed, um, we have to figure out how to be people of conviction without being divisive. So we're going to stare at that for a long time, and that's, a largely uh, a consequence of the death of the ego. So we're going to stare at that. So join us for that next week, and we'll see you soon.